You're listening to The Miraculous, a podcast by Gary Hewins that will give you a godly infusion of encouragement every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All right, friends, you want to, uh, it's infusion number, healing infusion number 22. I want to share some things with you, those of you who are, maybe your heart's been pricked a little bit about what you've heard on these podcasts and you're saying to yourself, I'd like to, like to know more about this healing ministry. I'd like to know more about what the Word of, Word of God says. I'd like to know how it works. I'd like to do it without being weird. I'd like to figure it out. I'd like to know what I need to know so that I can be uh, an agent of healing. All right? Well, the first thing is you can eagerly desire spiritual gifts, the Bible says. What does that mean? Well, you ought to read about it. You ought to read about the gifts of the Spirit. You ought to read about the gift of healing as the Spirit of God determines. Maybe even ask for the gift of healing. But more importantly, ask for the mindset, the heart set of what it means to be given a gift to help someone else in need of healing. What kind of humility is necessary? Ask for that. What kind of anonymity is needed? Ask for that. How is it you go about helping people and helping them heal and laying hands on the sick and they be healed and you not crave, desire, long for, or expect any attention on your own? How do, you, how do, we, how do we get healed from our own pride before we want to have a ministry of healing? There's, there's a good question. To understand that the power of God is resident within you and Christ has an authority over sickness, hell, and the grave, and even death, and that is in you, he is in you, necessitates an awareness that wherever you go and whatever you do, you have a mindset that the possibility exists, though in a familiar place, on a familiar familiar day, at a familiar time, something unfamiliar can happen. And those who have that mindset, those who pray to that end, those who eagerly desire such a spiritual gift are the ones that God will use to mend up the brokenhearted and provide release for the prisoners. Do you have not only the gift, more importantly, my friend, do you have the mindset? More important than that, do you have the heart set? Are you posturing yourself in such a way that the motivation behind what it is you're asking the Lord to do through you will bring him glory and not you. It will define him and not you. It will bring attention to him and not you. There it is. There's a mindset that goes with a gift. Crave the mindset. Make sure it's biblical. Make sure the maturity exists in you to handle and steward and manage the gift that you ask for. Because if you don't, there's no point in asking. Do you have the humility, the brokenness, the desperation, the clarity to be, to be satisfied with Christ first, not what he can do for you second? To be satisfied with Christ first, not what you want him to do through you second. That, that humility, that teachability, that pliability is the necessity. These are the necessities of even having a gift of healing. Ask for those 
And you may not have to ask for the gift. You may already have it and not realize it. Attitude. Sometimes we get into a protocol. It's another point to make here. We get into a protocol, a um, recipe, so to speak, a formulaic approach to doing things. Someone's sick, you lay hands on the sick. Someone's sick, you do. You know, everybody puts their hand on their shoulder. We do the same thing over and over and over again. It, nothing wrong with that, but yet there is. Each individual circumstance in which you encounter someone, a friend over a cup of coffee, a distant relative on the phone, a neighbor talking over the, the property line, the fence line between the two of you. Each and every circumstance deals with a different person, a different mindset, a different level of faith, and a different awareness of what it is you're talking about. Not every situation is the same. Look at the ministry of Jesus. No cookie-cutter type formulas going on here. He didn't even pray for crying out loud. That's all we do. He took authority over sickness and disease. The point here is listen to the Lord instead of just going through an already established formulaic protocol. You might find yourself doing something unusual that yields greater fruit than usual that may not yield any. Something to think about. Embrace simplicity. When when in doubt, embrace simplicity. Bring someone to the Christ or bring Christ to them in your own heart and then beg. Be a bringer and a beggar, a bringer and a beggar, and, and mean what you're begging for. May it be rooted and established in how high, wide, long, and deep is the love of Christ, and may it also be steeped in, even concreted into, a compassion that you deeply hurt on another person's behalf. Now we're getting somewhere. We mustn't demand nor expect all healings to be instantaneous. Not even Jesus did that. Waiting on the Lord yields renewal. It, it yields strength. Uh, you can soar like an eagle. These are There are things that come in God's timing that we need to wait on because if, we di- if he did it instantaneously, it wouldn't be best for us, wouldn't be best for you, and it wouldn't be best for those, the recipient. Next point, emptiness yields fullness. Prayer is a wonderful thing, but prayer laced with, peppered with, salted with a deep, loving desperation is a whole nother animal. It yields all different kinds of results. It's better to pray less and love more. It's better to feel empathetically what someone else is feeling, as did Jesus, and realize he paid for that, that they may receive that gift. Miraculous or miracles by Jesus were actually confirmed by those who opposed him. When he set the demoniac free, None of the Pharisees who opposed Jesus denied the fact he did it. They acknowledged, they, they acknowledged the fact that he healed, on the, but they didn't like the fact he healed on the Sabbath. Nobody's questioning that he healed. Nobody's que- even those of his enemies didn't question he healed. Even his enemies didn't question he set the demoniacs free. Their problem was the day of the week for crying out loud. Nobody disputes he did miracles, even his enemies. Why should we? Think about that. 
Not everyone who bows down in church is bowing down out of reverence. We had a a prayer service Sunday night uh, here at the church. And as is the case with most prayer services, a relatively small group of people showed up. We began to prepare, prepare for uh, the presence of God, not the not the omnipresence of God, the manifest presence of God. We each vocalize some more than others the sins of our nation. We worshipped Him. We confessed more. We proclaimed some things. We read some scripture. We began to worship some more. People started to get on their face at the altar, remained there for extended periods of time, and then. In came the glory, in came the presence, the timeless presence, where you don't look at your watch, where you're no longer on Kronos time, you're on Kairos time, where the weightiness of the Lord began to invade the space, the hearts, the minds of the people. If you're bowing out of reverence, fine, but bow often and bow low. If at times get on your face before the Lord. We had a few comments made. It's a little graphic, but I'm going to share it with you. In Southeast Asia, if you are invited to someone's home for dinner, you show up at their front door and you take your shoes off before you go inside. It's expected that you would walk into their home without your shoes on. In our culture, you can go and be invited to dinner. You can stop at a gas station to pick up some ice to bring it to your host. You can walk into the men's room or the ladies' room and stand or sit in the filthy bathroom, walk in and out of the bathroom, and then go to our own homes and walk on our own carpet and our own kitchen floor. It's a metaphor for how it is we have to make sure when we come to the house of God, we're not defiling it with our own unconfessed, arrogant approach to what sin is doing to our personal lives, our families, and our nation. We must take a strong look at bowing down out of reverence with a reverence, not just a word. All right, these are a couple insights for those of us who are interested in maybe partaking in and participating in a healing ministry, careful what you ask for. For if you ask for the gift of healing, there's a divine expectation that goes along with that, that you are asking, also act, asking for a deep sensitivity to your own sin and exuberant compassion for another in the humility to realize you cannot defile the house of God and see healing come about freely and liberally in Jesus name let's pray surely Lord there's not Christ like but Christ himself in us the hope of glory and surely within us he wants to feel most at home and surely he feels most at home when we are the least unclean and the most clean give us a sensitivity to the needs of others to the need for our own confession and the need to glorify you in anonymity, in humility, in teachability, and in a deep, 
radiant reverence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Miraculous. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the next infusion of encouragement. Have a great day.